Welcome back to the Policy Viz Podcast. I'm your host, John Schwabish. On this week's episode, I have a very special guest, an old friend who I have worked with for several years now, uh, but we've never actually spoken. It's always been email, but we finally get to talk in person. Well, not in person on Skype, but we get to talk. So I'm very excited to have Severino Rebecca on the show. Uh, Severino's a designer. He's a teacher. He's a data viz creator. And most of you probably know him uh, from creating and maintaining the data visualization catalog. And Sev and I have also worked for a long time on the graphic continuum projects. And he helps me with a lot of design needs that I have. He's always the first guy I go to. Sev, great to have you on the show. Oh, thanks for having me. Um, it's great to finally talk to you. You are now in London. How are things? Things have been good. It's been um, you know, not too bad weather. Um, I've just been uh, settling back in. I've just uh, recently uh, moved back over two months ago. Lovely. And um, why don't we start by having you talk a little bit about what you do and your background so people can get a sense of the type of work that you do. Okay. My original background is in graphic design. So I originally trained as a graphic designer. But I became more interested in, in information design and data visualization. And for a while, for a few years now, I've been working as a, a freelance graphic designer. But I've started to move away into more writing and, and researching into data visualization. And I've also started getting more into uh, teaching as well. Mm-hmm. And you're developing a, a new course right now, right? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm currently working on a an Illustrator, Adobe Illustrator-based course, and I'm going to uh, primarily focus more on data visualization. So learning to utilize the graph tools and learning to also take advantage of them to produce other types of charts that you normally can't do or to um, use these tools to their full effect. So I have a whole list of questions I want to talk about, but I, I want to ask you a little bit about Illustrator. And I'm definitely not you know, I can hold my own in, in Illustrator, but certainly not one of my core skill sets. But the thing that always bugs me about Illustrator is the graphing tool is kind of terrible. Um, yeah. <laughs> what is going on there? And like, what what is your approach when you are making a graph in Illustrator? Like, what is your what is your process? My process is make the graph with the data and then break the thing apart. And then the data is sort of gone and move things around. But like, do you have a process where you try to hold things together a little bit more with the data? Like, how do you use that graphing tool in Illustrator, which I personally think is kind of terrible? Well, well, I think the problem is Adobe hasn't updated it in, in years, and it's, it's, it is quite limited. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason I'm just primarily going with Illustrator is because I'm, I'm used to teaching that now, so I'm going to try and transition from that into uh, data visualization, and then maybe I will go in, into another course as well. But uh, to answer your question on um, how to work with data, uh, using the graph tools and that, you can actually change aspects of the graph without having to ungroup it and break it apart. If you use a feature such as the uh, group selection tool, you can still select elements of the graph and still change, for example, the color or the um, stroke weights. And mm. you can, if you, if you right-click, you can go back into the data and still uh, make some changes and update it. Do you think Illustrator is one of those tools that people can learn on their own or... Is it one where you really do need to take a class or even an online course? Like, how I get a lot of people who want to use Illustrator, and I find it a very difficult tool to use. I think, like most tools, it's hard once you know at the first time. But like, is it one of those tools that you think people need to get some training before they, you know, start using it? 
I think it depends on the person because originally mm. I, I just bought myself a book and then I just went through it myself and taught myself within a week. But the thing is, um, I think you would maybe still need to take a course to get a, a better understanding from the kind of foundational level up mm-hmm. um, to become more proficient with it. Because I, I've been using it for years, but I took a course, I think, was it last year or the year before? And there was still quite a few things I didn't know about it. So I, I'm, not, I'm kind of not too sure how to answer that. I would say for some people, I think they would need to take a course because it is quite complicated and there is a, a lot of tools in it to use. Yeah, well, I'm bummed that you're teaching the class in London because if it was here, I would, I would take it. But um, yeah, I might be. Might, maybe we could do it online. I think it'd be interesting to get uh, move on to online teaching as well. So yeah. maybe I could start start teaching as well in the US if, if it's possible. Absolutely, absolutely, that'd be great. Um, well, I look forward to that. But let's talk about your primary project. Well, I think your primary project at the moment, which is the data visualization catalog. Can you talk about the background of the catalog and and where you're going with it and what the goal is of the project um the background was originally i was um i wanted to just improve my own knowledge and skill in data visualization so i just started with a spreadsheet and i collected all the charts i could find out about tools i could use to draw them with and then i i started thinking about what's the best way i can select a chart for my needs for each project and I think that's how the kind of project was born. And um, at the time, I wanted to, you know, created a website that, you know, just out of interest, I wanted to try producing my own website. So I thought I've got some good content here. Why don't I try uh, building an, a website based on this? And that's and that's how I got started. Mm-hmm. What does it take for you to keep it updated and to continually update it? I mean, you're you're always adding more graphs. You're adding more. Um, descriptions like what what does it take for you to 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 keep that thing going uh, you know continue to continually update it well I, i've actually i've stopped with the adding in the chart reference pages because it's it was it was quite difficult i've i built all the website from some code so it's there's no content management system and before my process was to uh first you know select a chart i wanted to research into and then i would spend time looking through either through books, through um, primary sources and secondary sources online, and trying to read and study this chart in depth as, as possible so I can get a, a proper understanding of it. So I know both why, it, why this chart is good, what its strengths and weaknesses are, but also trying to figure out how it's constructed. Mm. And then once I do that, I just kind of sit down and I just start writing, writing my description of, of what I think uh, this chart does, what best describes it. Uh, to other people and then I, I'm just producing as well the kind of graphics to help in the form of anatomies you know with diagrams explaining how it works to hopefully explain all the bits and, and uh, hopefully get you know provide people a way to understand how it's how it's constructed mm-hmm. now my focus is probably going to be looking more in a broader sense of data visualization looking at a more fundamental level but I'm still going to be kind of looking into charts, just I'm not going to be so focused on researching on different chart types. Sure. Yeah, you have a talk coming up in a few weeks on expanding your data visualization vocabulary. So I'm curious whether you think people need to expand their graphic literacy, whether you think people create bad graphs because they don't know other ways, and what are some of these fundamentals that people need to know so that they can expand their, their data viz vocabulary? I don't know the audience exactly, but I'm expecting it to be part um, from the uh, 
creative industry, mostly designers, and they're probably not from they're probably not going to be database experts. So, I think it's probably good to just introduce them to fundamental elements of database. Just you know, maybe provide a brief description, explain, for example, how charts are constructed, how we can encode values into uh, different visual uh, vocabulary or different properties. I guess is you would call this in the visual variables and just to give people a better sense of, of how charts are made. But also, I think it'd be also good to just kind of look at what, what functions think of help people understand what they need to use charts for and looking at the kind of tasks that help, charts can help them fulfill. Mm-hmm. And, and then I believe after I'm going to try and go through um, as many charts as I can, I think maybe around 20 and just try to help build up their vocabulary of different chart types. With language, you have like a vocabulary with you know loads of different words you know how to use, and I think it's the same with uh, data visualization. So um, if you don't have very good uh, vocabulary in a language sense, then you, you probably don't know how to explain yourself so well, or you, you're probably not as articulate. So mm. uh, I think the same is, is with data visualization. Maybe people are producing bad charts because they don't know the right chart for their type of data. So I think it's maybe not necessarily the main factor, but it could be uh, a factor affecting you know the amount of bad charts that are out there. Yeah, I, you know, the tools that people are using the most are things like Excel and um, maybe Google Sheets and the default menus only have so many graphs in them. And I often wonder when I show people new graph types, or not new graph types, but graph types that aren't in these default menus. So if I show them a slope chart, for example, whether they're sort of dismissed because, oh, it's not something I know how to make or it's not a default thing. And so therefore, and I don't know how to code and I don't know how to do this. And so I'm just going to ignore it. But it might be a better graph type. So when you're working um, with people or with clients or with students, how do you get around this? I mean, maybe you don't think this is a problem, but how do you get around this idea that people get sort of flummoxed by not being able to do something easily in the tool that they know how to use? I think the problem is just familiarity. So, you know, the question is, how, how do you make people more familiar with different chart types? And I guess... I guess it's just exposure. If you expose yeah. them more, if it's more, uh, they have more options available. I mean, I think the funny thing as well, that you were saying that people are just used to the charts that are in uh, Excel, is that you know you also have some pretty bad charts that you can uh, generate there as well, such as the uh, 3D pie charts and the 3D bar charts, etc. So maybe that's a bad thing. Yeah, I'm still waiting for someone to write a script that will black out all those like 3D cone diagrams. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, do you have a favorite uh, chart type? I guess when you when you know so many charts, is I guess it, it makes it harder to choose. Yeah. Um, off the top, maybe maybe like a tree diagram. You know, if you, mm. yeah, I quite like them. Or uh, Sankey. Um, it's it's hard when you you know it's like it's like when you have when you're given so much choice it's 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 hard to uh to make a, yeah. a selection so yeah um so we've worked for a while on the graphic continuum project which I, I sort of view as a complement to the DataViz catalog um do you want to talk a little bit about the thought process you had as we were working on the graphic continuum and we started a long time ago on the poster version and then we did a desktop version that was more of a core reference piece. And then we have the, the cards as well. But we started on that project a long time ago. We started in analog, you know, with drawing before we moved it into the digital part. And one of the differences, I think, between that 
and the date of his catalog, you know, not just that, that the catalog is online and has, you know, interactivity and the, and the continuum is a static piece, but the overlap between the graphs that fall into different categories. So a column chart can be used to show changes over time, but also to, to compare categories. So do you have thoughts on both your, your creation process for these multiple projects, but also how you view them, you know, uh, both the continuum and the catalog and how they relate to one another? Um, I think the way they probably relate to one another is based on them being, I guess, a resource for people to use to to kind of help them, I guess, in their you know chart selection process or to help them get some kind of inspiration. And other than that, I'm just trying to think, when we first started this project together, I was still kind of new and I was still kind of learning about all these charts because you provided uh, a huge list of charts and I was actually still not familiar with many of them. So for me, it was it was a learning process. And we went through a number of iterations for this uh, project. So we, we were trying to decide how we were going to structure everything. Um, I think we started looking at based on the visual variables. So we were looking at where we we're going right. to visualize it based on that or on, on the type of uh, chart family. I think the thing that's similar to the DataViz catalog is that we ended up just falling on showing the charts and organizing them based on their functions. Mm-hmm. We at one point had like a, a circular thing. It was looked like a bunch of Ferris wheels like all next to each other, which didn't quite work out. I, mean, I think the, the biggest challenge we had was a way to show these overlaps because we at one point were drawing all of the lines, which was just a disaster. But how do you think about graphs that have multiple purposes? I think this is one of the, I mean, obviously the biggest question people have when they're trying to visualize their data is, I have some data, what's the graph I should use? And there's oftentimes no answer to the graph. There's no one-to-one. So how do you think about that when you are creating a visualization or you are teaching people how to work with data? And how do you think about choosing the graph for the data that you have? Well, I think it's like you've said, there's no definitive answer for everyone, for every chart. And I think this is a, a problem to do with categorization. And I think this is something I, w- I want to look into because it's like you've said, there's some charts have multiple functions to them and some can be uh, used for other things. And it's kind of not contradictions, but I, I would say there's some confusion sometimes. And it can be quite difficult to suggest what chart someone should go down because there's all these other factors. It's not just based on the function as well. It could be if you've got a project, you also have to consider your audience as well. Um, you know, more complicated charts that take more time to process and to decipher uh, might not be suited for uh, audiences that maybe don't have much time and need to grasp it quickly or they're just um, not, not educated enough on charts to be able to understand them. So there's that factor to consider as well. There's also the type of data it is. It could be um, some subjects are more suited to other charts as well, and there's that as well. And it's, it, I think it's a really difficult to design a kind of system where you can produce an algorithm that you know can help filter people right into to the right chart for their needs. And I think this is something that's still in development, and it's still uh, not just me, but other people are also researching into as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I think it's problem is just maybe it's looking at if we can categorize them or we can't and then it's also maybe there's all these other factors if it's you know maybe there's a particular type of industry um you know maybe marketing or you've got data journalism or uh, just general design they might have different approaches to how they visualize data so that might uh, affect your thought process in selecting charts as well 
No, I, I think that's right. And I think the audience is, is probably the biggest thing, as, as you mentioned. Uh, before we close up, um, what other projects are you working on? What, like, what do you have in the hopper that you're excited about? I mean, you've got the teaching that you're doing. Uh, anything else in the hopper that you're, that you're excited about? At the moment, I'm currently translating the website into, into other languages, the database catalog website. I've got somebody who's a volunteer to translate the website into Turkish, and uh, she's a, a data journalism uh, lecturer in Turkey, so uh, look out for that. I also have a Spanish translation as well, so I'm looking to translate the w- website into Spanish. And I'm also looking to contribute more to the blog if I can eventually as well and focus more on looking to the kind of design aspects of, of charts or in data visualization in general. And I want to, you know, think about that more and, and write more onto that and, and see what I can get out there. That's great to have the different languages get it into different uh, different areas of the world. That is that is fantastic. Um, terrific. Seb, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, I'm excited uh, about seeing the DataViz catalog expand and, and all the new content you can add to it. And hopefully to see one of your uh, Illustrator courses make its way over here to the U.S. Um, so, again, thanks for coming on the show. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me. And thanks to everyone for tuning in. Uh, hopefully you'll be able to check out the DataViz catalog if you haven't already. Um, you should go over there, check it out. There's lots of different resources and graphics that you can go uh, explore and use. So if you have questions for me or for Sev, uh, please let me know on the website or on Twitter. And so this has been the Policy of this Podcast. Thanks a lot for listening. <laughs>